style. It's using the entertainment medium, young people. It's directed at you. The big beat that's filled with the demon forces of hell. That has a meaning that wants to bypass mom and dad and go straight to the heart of the young person. It's inspired by the devil for one reason. And I'm going to tell you what it is. WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And we're down in the studio today. This is an experience we haven't had in a while, but we'll uh, wing it, as they say. Winging it is part of life, I'm, I dare say. Indeed. And uh, it's been a, uh, I don't know, kind of a peculiar week. It's been a good week for George Bush to the extent that the media has been focused on a lot of <laughs> sort of uh, secondary issues. You know, the Michael Hayden hearings, immigration, the debut of Tony Snow, the Da Vinci Code, 
Oh, yes, Jimmy Hoffa's body. <laughs> I can forget that. Talk about literally digging up the past. Now they're looking on a horse farm somewhere mm-hmm. in Michigan. And, of course, Barbaro, the big horse in the news, who uh, tragically broke his leg in the middle of uh, the Preakness. And we may make a little comment about animals later in the show. Speaking of animals, I uh, just wanted to give out a quick brain damage award to Rashid Wallace. Um, obviously, the, it's good that the Pistons won uh, for the economy around here. I'm sure the bar and restaurant owners are absolutely delighted that there's another round of playoff no games. Um, I've seen all the great ones play, uh, except uh, Bob Pettit, George Mikan, and Bob Cousy, and maybe Elgin Baylor. I saw Chamberlain and Russell late in their career in one of those classic 76ers-Celtics Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, LeBron James is as uh, great a basketball player as any of them, but he just didn't have the supporting cast in the last two games to get the job done. And Cleveland also suffered a tragedy with uh, Larry Hughes' family, which was certainly a factor in the series. But uh, it's never a good idea to be mouthing off in a big series and then uh, getting hurt (laughs) as sort of poetic justice uh, in the very next game. So... uh, LeBron James, I'll just say, won with, uh, lost with more class than Rasheed Wallace won with. The rest of the Pistons, I think, are more in the tradition of Joe Dumars. Nose to the grindstone. Get the job done. So we'll see what happens in uh, future uh, rounds here. But obviously, Shaquille O'Neal is the immovable object. And the fact that the uh, Cavaliers took the Pistons to seven games may be a factor in that upcoming series time will tell and speaking of sports real quickly unless you have a comment about the pistons no no the uh nba playoffs by the way have probably been as good this year as they've been in quite some time with uh the second round all going seven games and i think the hockey uh playoffs with their surprises have been very entertaining Although I wonder if the uh, NHL uh, can be that excited about uh, the the matchups, media markets uh, of the teams that remain. You know, a, a potential Buffalo Edmonton final is not all that great for TV ratings. Yeah, I think you've got the nail on the head with those teams. By the way, I think they're playing with the most energy, the hot goaltenders, and uh, maybe the best approach on defense. But uh, since we're on the subject of sports. Real quickly, and we realize, of course, that the uh, U of M Regents licensed this station. Um, but uh, the um, secrecy with which this uh, stadium vote went through and the and ast- haste, the astonishing amount of money. I mean, we're talking about almost a quarter of a billion. That's billion dollars here, uh, all to accommodate some hoity-toities uh, in their striped pants and their, uh, well, I don't think they drink Lowenbrow. Um, I don't know about this. I have mixed feelings about the theory as to whether or not luxury boxes should be put in. But it strikes me that the ticket prices for U of M football games are starting to get out of the reach of a lot of white-collar people. Uh, we had a prominent editor of the Ann Arbor News uh, just a couple of weeks ago admit that he's uh, abandoning his season tickets right. because the... The package is now over $500 a year. A lot of people no longer bring children to the games. Just for the regular seats. And if you look at the uh, 
attendance of the games, it's it's getting increasingly into the Geritol crowd other than the student section. So there's a starting to emerge a kind of a donut hole in uh, who attends the football games, and that might be because of the, well, people are living longer, and uh, the price of those season tickets is starting to get out of hand. I think the U of M should reconsider this vote and um, have a proper hearing on the subject. It was, of course, appropriate that most of the uh, vote split along party lines. Yeah. And, of course, the Republicans uh, on the U of M regents um, thought it was the way to go for the future of Michigan football, et cetera, et cetera. And there, of course, is a huge outcry amidst uh, the alumni of U of M regarding desecrating the big house. So I think further discussion on this uh, should occur. Open government is crucial in our democratic society, and I believe just on the grounds, leaving aside the merits of the arguments, on the grounds that this uh, vote was held sort of as a surprise maneuver uh, without proper uh, airing of the subject, I think is grounds for a brain damage award for how the uh, latest uh, meeting of the regents was handled on this uh, subject. Indeed, I think many would echo that. And considering how much... uh Controversy there was over the pretty superficial uh, halo, which uh, briefly adorned so-called big house, which to me, growing up in Jackson, always meant the prison. So yeah. I can never get uh, too pumped up about the phrase, the big house. Well, that um, was a uh, Tom <laughs> Goss, uh, not to be confused with Porter Goss <laughs> decision. Design flaw. Yeah. It looked like um, something out of... Uh, Walmart's uh, decorating uh, interior design department. Right. It was horrendous. Some sort of Happy Meal fun toy. Thankfully, they uh, did away with those uh, silly footballs on the top, atop the sections there. Although that's you know good money thrown after bad to uh, pay the cost of taking it all down. And of course, on the <clears throat> subject of superficiality, let's give W a brain damage award for appearing in the dune buggy. Oh, uh, I that was. was that was amazing. I didn't see that one. Uh, I, it, it was reminiscent and uh, was almost as bad as uh, Dukakis in the tank. <laughs> uh, Bush, of course, in promoting his and uh, highlighting his immigration speech, uh, went down to... Uh, Driving around in a, with a dune buggy and a, a rifle? <laughs> well, he was a passenger in a, in a sand dune buggy that the Border Patrol apparently used to uh, monitor the desert areas of Arizona. I don't remember too much about Yuma, Arizona, other than... Neil Young record. Somehow recall that Jonathan Winters in uh, the Mad, 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 oh, Mad, Mad, yeah. Mad World, as yeah. the truck driver mentions, he was coming from Yuma. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> classic uh, movie. Uh, well worth seeing, by the way, uh, if you ever get a chance to see Long, that. Long, but funny. Yeah. Long, but just absolutely uh, well, j- full of laughs. I was gonna When you said superficiality in W, I was going to give him a uh, brain damage award for his photo op with the uh, six-year-old uh, Korean refugee. Uh, the bizarre, interesting article in the Financial Times uh, today about the different directions that the United States government and the South Korean government are heading with regards to uh, their approach to North Korea. And uh, this is a happy, smiling picture of Bush sitting with a six-year-old an intellectual equal, if not his superior, no doubt very comfortable situation for him, but uh, pretty meaningless in the face of the distance uh, against which uh, previous gains have been lost. 
Well, and probably, no doubt, uh, in command of uh, superior knowledge of the English language. Right. Uh, which will uh, give the Senate a brain damage award for passing that silly amendment, uh, English only. It's ridiculous. They they throw this amendment into the immigration bill that apparently they're going to work on this week. Uh, and most of the people that voted for this amendment are going to vote against the bill. So, it, I mean, it's classic political posturing, uh, <clears throat> useful for the uh, know-nothings at home that uh, think America's got to get tough on the border. And, of course, we've got that fence uh, about to uh, be erected. <laughs> On the border. I don't know if Bush will survey that as a passenger in the dune buggy, but... <laughs> he can clear brush along that grows alongside it uh, in his retirement years, uh, hopefully soon. But uh, it seems to me that if you're going to pass an English-only law, uh, that you need to change the names of, uh, oh, places like Colorado, San Jose, uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Run for the border. Uh well, speaking of borders and running, <clears throat> interesting to see in the uh, uh, Balkan gossip news that Montenegro and Serbia are seeking a divorce. Yes. Well, it's probably not surprising, but... Um, I think Serbia's going to start drinking heavily after having been left by Montenegro here. <laughs> I don't know if they'll get over it. Um, marriage, after all, is the triumph of hope over experience, so... I don't know what we'll call this divorce, but I'm sure George Bernard Shaw would have something witty to say about it. But uh, undoubtedly, the uh, American media will not. Uh, what else do I have in terms of superficiality? Uh, in terms of brain damage awards, well, uh, I think it's pretty pathetic, by the way, that it was announced last week in the you know on the eve of the uh, Michael Hayden hearings that. Uh, the uh, Bush administration, essentially, uh, more than four years after they introduced these programs, decided to give the House and Senate Intelligence Committees a briefing for the first time on the details of the domestic telephone surveillance program. Um, unfortunately, the Hayden hearings never really shed too much light on the subject. Um, obviously, the Republicans in charge of the hearings are going to let this nomination sail right through. He supposedly will be safely ensconced in the CIA uh, head job uh, probably by the end of the week. And Hayden certainly handled the the hearings well in terms of public relations. But the substance of and the details of this NSA uh, stuff I think needs to be further investigated by Congress, and they're simply not doing their job. So we'll give Pat Roberts, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, a brain damage award for being so obsequious and weak-kneed uh, in the area of protecting the American Constitution. Indeed, and last week a short item <clears throat> in which uh, President Bush encourages Brother Jeb to consider running. Jeb certainly enjoys greater approval ratings amongst uh, constituents in Florida, although one could hardly do worse than uh, Brother W. But uh, that's just what America needed is another uh, knee in the groin. and uh, Another Bush? That would be our third in uh, 
<clears throat> 12 years, uh, uh, 20 years, and that might be one bush too many. <laughs> I think we're already at that point. I think but, uh, uh, everyone will be drinking Heineken by the beginning of such a an event, but you never know. I mean, he's obviously poised uh, as governor of Florida. Probably he enjoys in the state of Florida higher ratings than his elder brother. Uh, it's interesting, of course, he's always been considered the political genius of the family and was the one originally uh, proposed possibly as a presidential nominee. But Bush, uh, after uh, giving up bourbon and Marlboro cigarettes and ultimately marketable, finding Jesus, uh, that's his favorite political philosopher, as you will recall, uh, never mind that he adheres to very few of Jesus's hearings and Oh, yes, Jesus. He's been in the news a lot this week. <laughs> I haven't seen The Da Vinci Code. I may yet venture out to the movies to see it. But uh, this whole debate about Mary Magdalene being the, quote, companion of Jesus uh, in the Bible. It could hardly matter less <laughs> to the relevance of the teachings of Christ. It has all to do with the protection of orthodoxy. Perhaps the next uh, images. Great work of fiction regarding Jesus will be that, well, he wasn't married to Mary Magdalene. In fact, he was gay. Well, if you want to read good historical fiction on Jesus, I strongly recommend Gore Vidal's Live from Golgotha, a hilarious book and actually quite thought-provoking, especially if you've read uh, anthropologist Marvin Harris on uh, uh, political zealotry in uh, Roman-occupied Palestine. Pretty interesting suggestions there from Vidal and Harris. And if that doesn't work, uh, rent the life of Brian. <laughs> Perhaps the ultimate statement. That's got commentary not only on religion, but the uh, sorry state of Middle Eastern politics Indeed, throughout history, uh, if not a parable of today's uh, Middle Eastern politics. <coughs> You've got to haggle. You've got to haggle. And, of course, <laughs> haggling is uh, part of the whole... Uh, brouhaha with Iran, and uh, where that's all going, no one knows, but uh, we've predicted down here that the airstrikes against Iran will commence shortly before the upcoming 2006 elections. I dare say that the Republicans have no hope of retaining the House unless this happens, according to their continuing declining poll numbers. Well, unless Jeb Bush uh, can successfully criminalize uh, the majority of voters, uh, or at least his model can be followed elsewhere. Um, articles today, statistics showing that uh, in the last couple of years, uh, a weekly rise in the number of uh, inmates in jails and prisons in the U.S., um, <clears throat> about 1,085 new inmates a week, one in 136 Americans is in jail or prison. Well, and of course, I think the stats are that 48 states don't allow felons to vote. So right. this is part of the grand strategy of creating the prison industrial complex uh, in America. It's been pointed out, um, and I can't remember this specific title or date of the article, but there was a superb article in the Atlantic Monthly several years ago about the, quote, prison industrial complex and how in the 1990s, as a result mainly of the draconian drug laws of the 1980s, Ronald Reagan's war on drugs, that the prison construction and the prison industry was actually the greatest domestic 
employer in terms of job creation in the 1990s um, as a result of the laws enacted. And this, of course, is part of the phony um, debate that this country continues to have about taxes. Uh, you cannot have tax cuts as a sustainable economic policy when you are building more prisons and when you are bombing uh, people in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, as we saw over the week. Afghanistan, of course, remains a murky area of American empire. Uh, and it's interesting that the Canadian government um, just this past week only approved staying in Afghanistan by two mm. votes. Um, Italy, of course, is soon to be withdrawing from Iraq and uh, the new uh, prime minister, Mr. Brody, called uh, Iraq a grave error. Well, and of course, continued British support is no longer even guaranteed in you know, the long run. And it looks like we're there for the long run. We're there for the long run, but Tony Blair, uh, his days as prime minister in, of Britain may be numbered. He, of course, was present today in Iraq in the uh, parades celebrating the new government that uh, Mr. Bush uh, promoted uh, so strongly today in, uh, out in the hustings himself. But uh, the notion that we're going to somehow be in a position to uh, leave Iraq anytime soon is ridiculous. It's my understanding that this new prime minister, Al, uh, let's see, Maliki, I think is his name, he said that... Um, the Iraq security forces can, t can take over uh, most areas of Iraq except for the Ambar province and Baghdad. Well, the State Department's study of uh, the security problems in Iraq uh, focused on those two very areas. Most of the rest of Iraq is not in that bad a shape, but obviously the continuing sectarian violence <coughs> is exceedingly troubling and I think that it, it, it continues to be a question as to what we're actually doing in Iraq. I wanted to read from a letter. Uh, sometimes letters to the editor are just so good that they're worth reading. Um, this, by the way, is in the most recent edition of the London Review of Books. I mention this edition because uh, John Mearsheimer and Stephen Walt have a response to the various letters they've received regarding their article uh, from several months ago. Um, that article originally appeared in the 23rd edition of the London Review of Books. That's the uh, article about the influence of the Israeli yeah, lobby. Yeah, the, is Israel, the, the Israeli lobby. Um, uh, an article, by the way, that was, uh, was th they attempted to publish this here in America, but no uh, prominent journal would publish the thing. Too controversial, uh, though I personally think that the arguments they made were far from controversial, and worthy of open debate, which is one of the points they make in uh, their letter. Uh -huh. We can perhaps return to that subject in uh, later weeks. But uh, Carol Brightman of Walpole, Maine, writes, and this is, uh, I think, uh, hitting the nail on the head, in Iraq, briefly, the larger U.S. strategy has been to do away with Saddam Hussein's government, set up a few giant military bases, our little Americas, to protect long-term access to Iraqi oil, and secure the sub submission of two remaining outlaw nations in the Middle East, Iran and Syria. Fostering civil war is how the U.S. has made Iraq hospitable to an enduring American occupation, not by fighting an insurgency, 
a battle it lost two years ago, and certainly not by awaiting the function functioning of a hopelessly disunited government. Setting up these huge fortresses, Balad in the east, Al Qaeda in the north, Al Assad in the west, Talil in the south. The Pentagon has fulfilled a tradition that was began in Kosovo, which was to leave behind clusters of new bases after every U.S. military intervention. Now the string starts in the Balkans, extends to most of Central Asian countries and Afghanistan, and continues through the Persian Gulf states. The timely question for Iraq is whether these mega bases, with their vast armies, their miniature golf courses, their cut-rate Ford, Chevys, and Harley-Davidsons to be bought and shipped home, their Baskin-Robbins ice cream, Pizza Huts, Popeyes, Burger Kings are vulnerable to attack by the insurgency, not at first glance, for they they are remote from the villages, and their average population of 30,000 U.S. soldiers and contract workers includes no Iraqi forces. But their opponents have included the controversial Prime Minister, Abrahim al-Jafri, who Washington has been so desperate to unseat, and the retired American generals among them, Anthony Zinni, former U.S. Marine uh, Mideast commander who calls them a stupid provocation to Iran. As the civil war unravels what's left of the Iraq state, the fighting will now become uglier, if that's imaginable. Uh, the now, as Donald Rumsfeld has reminded us, the Pentagon, in fact, has invested in the training of Iraq death squads, a story from the autumn of 2004 that most have now forgotten. When U.S. involvement in the worst assassination teams finally becomes apparent, the days of America's occupation in Iraq will be numbered. Well, I agree with everything she says there except that latter statement. I don't know that they'll be numbered uh, Bush has already made it clear that Iraq's future will be up to his successor. Great. If it's Jeb, <laughs> oh, we'll be in Iraq till at least 2013. Well, if Baghdad itself, as a focal center point, is unreliably unstable, then in fact the country is already divided among sectarian lines and the fighting and its potential to spread westward into Turkey, eastward into Iran, is still very clearly a present and ongoing threat. One hopes against it, however. Um, We've only got about four minutes left here in the program, uh, unless Yazoo City uh, calling should get a late start. Um, So there's probably not enough time to go over some of the more graphic... uh, Numbers uh, that really don't get the kind of coverage, uh, although it may yet happen, uh, that they deserve, but the economic stranglehold over uh, Palestinians in the occupied territories is growing increasingly uh, disturbing and problematic. Um, An opinion piece in today's online edition of Haaretz is calling for uh, monies to be released which, of course, all this money through uh, imports and exports goes through Israel and is passed over from them to the Palestinian Authority. Um, Haaretz is calling for monies to be released to uh, ease the suffering of people who are going months without pay and uh, grocery stores 
now uh, running out of supplies. Well, indeed, the uh, whole uh, situation is, has been an exacerbated by these uh, clashes now between so-called security forces loyal to uh, Abbas, or maybe I'm getting his name wrong, the president of... Uh, no, it's Abbas, yeah. Uh, the Palestinians versus uh, the Hamas government that was right. recently elected. So this is yet another troubling development, but something that I'm sure the hardliners in Israel are delighted at seeing, that there be a uh, mini-civil war within the occupied territories. Obviously, the American government has shown virtually no leadership on this subject uh, regarding the peace process. And, uh, well, I thought that the whole goal of invading Iraq was to promote democracy in the Middle East. Well, yeah, and interestingly, in a recent interview with Progressive magazine, uh, Hanan Ashrawi, noted Palestinian uh, intellectual and uh, actually member of the Palestinian Legislative Council in a, a party called uh, Third Third Way, it's a nice name for a party, has basically uh, suggested in her interview, if I can find the direct quote, uh, in other words, this is her quote, in other words, punishing the Palestinian people collectively for daring to exercise their democratic rights. Uh, I don't see why the Palestinian people should be punished for exercising their will. She, of course, also details in that interview that much of the vote was, in fact, protest against Fatah and, and, and a willingness on the part of Palestinians not so much to sign on board for a full Hamas agenda, obviously, but to kind of get back at Fatah for its failures over uh, the past decades. Yes, and also we highlighted a couple of uh, weeks ago, if not a month or two ago, that the uh, method in which the seats in Parliament were distributed were not that democratic in some sense of the word and that the vote totals themselves uh, distorted the right. actual strength that Hamas now join, uh, enjoys in the parliament. So it's anybody's guess uh, how this uh, uh, security, uh, these security clashes will be resolved, um, but I wouldn't expect the American government to show any leadership on the subject. No, in fact, in an article from today's uh, Financial Times by Harvey Morris uh, in Jerusalem about Iran uh, being on the agenda as uh, Ehud Olmert uh, arrives in Washington for his first visit, um, here's the quote from the article. A senior U.S. official uh, made clear that the U.S. has no particular plan of its own for ending the conflict. So there you go. Senior officials are making it clear, pretty much giving Israel the, you know, free hand to pursue its unilateralist approach, uh, which is certainly in nobody's long-term security interests. Well, there was a uh, vote in the House last week in which um, money was stripped uh, from veterans' programs, and this just confirms uh, a continuing sad legacy of the Bush administration's dedication to the veterans that they're so willing to put into harm's way. Most One of the most recent Harpers points out that the number of U.S. Vet, uh, veterans who have been denied VA health care since 2003, 263,257. 
other things of interest that follow this estimated ratio that the U.S. defense budget is to the rest of the world combined, one to one. Percentage of Americans that they tr- say they trust the military, the presidency, and Congress, respectively. 74% for the military, 44 for the presidency, and 22 for Congress. That's uh, troubling. Um, but this uh, GOP-led Congress uh, 